You're listening to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome in to the Trojan Tailgate Network, where a bunch of friends who met at Troy University give you their hottest analysis and insight into the NBA, NFL, college football, and other sports that we find interesting. Today we're going to be covering the NBA and the finals that are coming up starting on Wednesday. My name is Hampton Sipper, and I am joined by my good buddy, Kyle Edwards. Kyle, how are we doing tonight? Yes, sir. We're doing good. I'm excited to be here, especially, you know, I was in the first NFL podcast, but I definitely consider myself a basketball fanatic. Basketball is my main sport. I love playing it. I love watching it. I love talking about it. So I'm excited to talk about it today and get your opinion on a couple things. Likewise, brother. Likewise. For those um, who listened to the uh, NFL Week 2 and didn't hear Kyle, Kyle missed it because he uh, was watching the basketball game. So he's not a hypocrite when he says he is a basketball fanatic. I'll go uh, ahead and say it now. I'm a, I'm a LeBron homer, so it was, it was a big game. Couldn't miss it. Asked him to delay it, but, you know, Hampton had other plans. So, hey, but LeBron got the dub. That's all that matters. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Gosh. So, folks, when you hear him talk about LeBron, if it's convoluted and a little biased, it's because it is. So, I'd like to think I'm a little fair on LeBron. <laughs> I I'm just, just really like how he plays the game of basketball, but I'd like to say I'm fairly, fairly fair with him. Most of the time, I'll give I'll give you credit. I'm just right, giving cool. <laughs> time. Well, let's get right on into it, Kyle. And uh, before we kind of dive in to the finals we're going to do a quick recap of the nba playoffs um so far so we're going to kind of go through three storylines or um three things in the bubble that really kind of stood out to us and i think the first one that we want to get into is the emergence of kind of all the young stars um in the bubble especially that man luca legend I think that was that game four buzzer beater winner. Granted, it was about two months ago, but that was the most hyped <laughs> I've been in a sporting event since Tua through second and 26, baby. It was insane. And I I'll think never... Luka is the future of the league, man. I really do. Give me your thoughts on Luca and that Mavs team. I'll, I'll never forget it because me and Hampton, we usually text there in a lot of the big games. And he always – I'm all, usually watching on, like, my computer or my phone or something. And I usually am about 30 seconds to a minute behind him. And <laughs> we're on that game five, <laughs> I knew something big happened because we're, they're about to – we're getting ready to inbound and Hampton Sippers calling me. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I was like – I, I literally said, I was like, Luke is about to hit a game winner. And then he hit it, and I answered the phone, and I just hear him screaming, like, let's go. <laughs> it was so hype, though. Yeah, Luca, Luca's the truth. Luca's for real. Lost KP. I mean, I mean, do you think that if KP doesn't go down, do you think they beat the Clippers? I'm about 75 to 80% sure they do. They, I, I mean – I really believe when, that. If you look at when KP and Luca were playing together before they, I mean, even before KP got tossed in game one, which was stupid, um, but, they absolutely dominated the Clippers in every aspect of the game. When K, except for the first like three minutes of game one, Luca and KP absolutely dominated the Clippers. The Clippers couldn't guard them, which makes absolutely no sense to me because 
Kawhi and Paul George were supposedly the best defenders in the NBA or wing defenders, and they're letting the 21, 22-year-old European just walk by him and dance on him and hang 40 on him. And that, that, that just baffled me. I did not see that coming. I mean, I knew Luka was for real, but Luka, I think, is a strong contender for MVP next year. Oh, 100%. I mean, he he put up the best second season of anybody in NBA history, averaging uh, like 28-10 or 28-9-8. and eight. Um, And the crazy thing is he's not even that great of a three-point shooter yet. Um, yeah, exactly. I always feel like he hits timely three-pointers, but his uh, field goal percentage from three is not, not very great. But his passing, his vision – uh, his, the way he can facilitate. Yeah, the way he can facilitate an offense. He's a big um, body too. He can he can he can give anybody fits. You put a big guy on him, he'll go by you. Shoot, he was going by Kawhi. It, it didn't matter who they were putting on him. He was going by you. He was stepping back, getting threes. He was getting whatever he wanted. If they doubled, he made the right play, found the right guy. And the Mavs role players get a lot of credit too because they were hitting some big shots. They stepped up and played big time. They really, I mean, they really were. Trey Burke was huge. Seth Curry has turned into more than just a three-point specialist. I think he's a very solid role player for them. I think with a couple moves this offseason, which is going to be difficult considering their cap situation, I think they could be mighty, mighty dangerous next year. And given KP being healthy, which has not happened in his yeah. NBA career, uh, the man is just fragile, bless his heart. Uh, so – They'll be a. They'll definitely be a fun team to watch. Where what's like one to two moves that you would like to see them make? Oh man, I think they need to go out and, I mean, the Giannis rumors on Twitter. Like you said, they don't have a cap for that, and Giannis is a whole other topic. But he would be really <clears> fun <throat> there. He would be really fun there. He um, really would. I think, ah, man, it's like they really, honestly, they have depth. They got KP in size. They even that what's that kid's name the uh, Cleaver I think Cleaver Maxi baby he, he played he played well I mean he's not gonna dominate a game um, they I mean they kept shooting they had defense maybe another wing scorer to kind of help when Luke because when Luca went out especially with KP yeah. not in there when Luca wasn't in the game they kind of were a little I mean Trey Burke stepped up and played big but you can't expect that over an eighty two game season uh, no. I think another guy that can kind of facilitate the offense another wing scorer. Uh, would definitely help them out and help Luca out because if Luca's having to play forty minutes a night facilitating doing everything, then he's going to get worn down and it's not. I mean, the Mavs aren't going to win, make a deep run without having another wing score that can kind of take over when Luca's not on the floor. Well, this thought just occurred to me, and it might not even be possible, but we got news today that Victor Oladipo is opting out of Indiana. He would be perfect. He would be perfect there. He would. He's able to create and get his own shot. He's a good spot-up three-point shooter. I think him and Luca would play really, really well together. Uh, that would be an interesting move for them. My only sure. fear with that is when Victor Oladipo went to the Thunder. With I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and say Russ and Luca are the same type of player, but yeah, Victor kind of got Victor kind of got pushed to the side when he wasn't the main ball handler. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do think he would work better with Luca, but seeing him with Russ kind of as a number two slid to the side, I don't know how he would play in that role, but I definitely think he would be nice with Mavs. I do like that idea. That is a great, that is a great point, Kyle. I think he, I think it's a great point, but I think he's a completely different player now than he was with the Thunder. I think he's grown a lot. And oh, he's a stud. He's a stud. No doubt about it. 
I just thought, man, um, I don't think anybody can be successful around Russ uh, for a long period of time. I think We're he just takes away. <laughs> yeah, you are. I mean, it's um, – I mean, he's been when, on great team after great team after great team, and they just fall apart and seem to be seem to be better when he leaves. Yeah, he's always been the common denominator uh, for sure. And we don't want to get into a Russ conversation, but I'm totally <laughs> with you there. Totally with you. Uh, the Mavs are going to be – a fun team to watch, and Luca is about to be the face of the NBA. I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, after your boy LeBron leaves, <laughs> retires, whatever happens, probably in like twenty years. You I was know? about to say at this pace. Oof. Jeez, goodness gracious. Well, so we talked about the Mavs and how impress- impressive they were during the bubble. Now uh, we got to shift gears to. For me, uh, you know, slightly somber note, the Boston Celtics. Mm. Tough series, man, uh, mm. with the Heat. I think I saw someone put on Twitter, and I kind of agree with them, that the Celtics are more talented than the Heat. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Heat had more guys or just had the culture to overcome the Celtics' talent gap because I believe the Celtics did have more talent than the Heat, but I think the Heat played better cohesively as a team, especially on defense, man. It seemed like every time that the Celtics were about to win a game, the Heat would just turn it up, could turn it up a notch, hit the big shots when they need to hit them, uh, and play, I mean, play great defense like, bam, game one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tatum gets by the guy you think he's going to go for a game winning or game tying shot, and I mean, that's one of the best blocks I've ever seen. So I think the Celtics have a bright future ahead of them. But I think they got to make some moves to truly compete for a championship. Um, I mean, and they were competing for a championship, getting to the conference finals. That's a big feat. Yeah. But to kind of push them over the edge, I think they need another piece. What about you? What do you they, think of the they- Celtics in the bubble? They are going to absolutely, without a doubt, if they want to win a championship, get a big guy. I mm-hmm. mean, if they if they would have got by the Heat, are you telling me that Daniel Tice and Ennis Cantor are going to even bother Anthony Davis? There is no way in the world. Um, oh, I think I, I did kind of think the Celtics had a better chance than the Heat, which we can get into that later, just solely based yeah. off of their superstar power. I mean, they got Jason yeah. Tatum. I mean, Marcus Smart has actually turned into a halfway decent three-point shooter. Gordon Hayward was getting healthier. Kimba can score. Jalen Brown, I mean, I thought just because of their offensive firepower, they might could give the Lakers a little more trouble. But, I mean, their bigs are atrocious. I mean, especially on the defensive end. I mean, there was no way in the world they would keep Le- – I mean, they had bodies to throw at LeBron, but once he got to the rim, who's there to stop him? Who's there to guard Anthony Davis? I mean, if you double Anthony Davis in the post, then you can't – I mean, the Lakers would – I mean, I, we'll get into that, the Lakers later, but the, for the Celtics to compete for a championship, they're going to have to get a big man. Um, they can't go Rockets ball. We already saw how that worked out. Um, yeah. I mean, for them to compete, I, I think their missing piece is definitely a big man. I totally, I totally agree, Kyle. Uh, I was listening to um, an NBA show earlier in the week, and they were talking about, you know, the big thing now is a center is not important in the game. You don't have to have a good center to win a championship. Well, if you looked at the final four teams, <laughs> other yep. than the Celtics, Jokic, great center, Bam, great center, AD, 
power forward center, big man. He's still a big man. And Dwight. Dwight was huge. Dwight, yeah, Dwight has been huge. As painful as that makes me <laughs> feel to say, oh, gosh. Um, but big men are still important. Now, their role – I mean, you can't have a Roy Hibbert out there. No. Um, no. You know, not being able to space the floor and just basically a statue looking to post up. You need a guy that's a hybrid that can that can handle a little bit, uh, that is athletic enough to chase people out on the three-point line. You need that in today's game. And while Tice, I think at times he played good defense, he's just not consistent enough. I mean, their best defender last night was Grant Williams, and yeah. which I think Grant has the potential to be a really good player. I think he's smart high IQ basketball player. He knows where to go, what to do in big situations. His defense was really good, but he's not someone you can see as like a cornerstone of your franchise. Uh, And I think if I'm the Celtics, you got to go all in now. You got to go all in now with Tatum being on his rookie deal still. You got him and Brown, who I think are probably the best – Four duo in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd take them over Kawhi and Paul George right now. I mean, we'll get into that in a minute. But, Oof. I mean, I don't as know far if I agree as like, with you there, but that's. Ooh, son, I wouldn't a heartbeat. I wouldn't a heartbeat not a big just Paul because George of Paul guy, George. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'm not a big Paul George guy either. But. Yeah, that's my main. I mean, that's my main point. And then Hayward, God bless him. He was just, he was not good in game. Six. He was good in game four, I think, when he came back from injury, game three or four. But just looked like a shell of himself. And the thing is, when he was healthy for them earlier in the year, he did look really good. He was a not a ball stopper. He kept the offense flowing. Mm-hmm. Smart basketball player. His cutting, his ability to drive and kick out was huge for them. But he just didn't have it last night, that ankle. I don't know if he didn't trust it or maybe he re-aggravated it during the game. Something just went right with that. And then Kimba, Kimba didn't show up in game six. He didn't play well. So I think they got to make some roster changes, improve that bench. And I think with Tatum and Brown, they'll make another – I think they'll make another leap next year. Um, And I think they're going to be contending for years to come. Yeah, I kind of want to bounce back on your big man point, and I'll kind of transition this into what kind of how I wanted to recap the Lakers run. Um, okay. you're talking about how the importance of the big man. Well, Dwight Howard was abs- like JaVale was awful, but Dwight Howard was huge. <laughs> Shocker. Um, <laughs> and not just on the, not just on the boards, but one thing that was huge that I saw in the Nugget series. Now they didn't do this every time, but a lot of the time, especially if like Braun was on Jamal Murray, if they ever ran pick and roll, you would see Dwight just switch off on the Murray. And a lot of times, yeah. like if, if Daniel Tice switches on to Murray, well, you're going to see the Celtics send it a double. And then Jamar- Murray's going to kick out, and they're, you got four on three the rest of the possession. But yep. obviously, Dwight can't guard Jamal Murray for an extended period of time and expect to have success. But for you to be able to switch off of a, of a pick and roll like that and have your five man be able to contain their one and not have to send a double, and you got a guy like Braun who can guard, who can handle Jokic for a limited period of time, and you're not having to double, send doubles, that's huge. That's absolutely massive because you're not giving up numbers. And when you got athletic, that's why the Lakers are a glitch, man. That's why. I, I predicted basically every series. To, I thought the Rockets would go six, but I, every series to go five, five or six. Yeah. 
because the Lakers are an absolute glitch because they can match up with every single team because they have athletic enough bigs who can go. Anthony Davis can guard one through five. LeBron can guard one through five. Um, and when you got teams like the Rockets small ball, everybody's like, oh, small ball is going to give them fits. Okay, well, we'll play Dwight and Jabelle limited minutes and we'll beat you in five. It doesn't matter. You want to go big with Jokic? It doesn't matter. We'll beat you in five because the Lakers yeah. can match up with everybody and there is not a single team in the NBA that can match up with the Lakers. And that simply is enough and the reason that they are going to win their fourth NBA championship. Uh, gosh, well – you make a, you make good points, but before we get fully into them, we've got some breaking news, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers is out of oh, L.A. Oh, baby. <laughs> what in the world? What in the world? Give me your first reaction. My to first that reaction. News. My first reaction was I, w- I was shocked. I really was. I didn't think, especially because you look at when LeBron went to Miami their first year, they didn't win it. Um, it's 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 hard to win an NBA championship, especially Tough. when you're a first-year team assembled. And especially because he's a vet. Like, if it was David Blatt, yeah, get him out of here. Why not? But it's a veteran assembled. Players respect him. It's, it's Doc Rivers. He's been there. He's done that. And after just one year with a completely brand-new roster and team, I, I'm shocked they blew it up. I mean, I really am shocked. I, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me because it was a it was a fall apart and everybody expected them not to blow a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. But at the same time, Doc was not the root of the issues. He may have been part of the issues, but he wasn't the root of the issues. So I didn't like the firing. I don't agree in blowing it up after one year. Um, what what are they going to do now, bring in Ty Lue or Sam Cassell, who was an assistant on the bench? Like, yeah. okay, if you thought the problem was the coaching staff, then what good is hiring from your assistants who's going to be in the same? Like, I don't, I don't understand their logic here unless they go and get somebody outside, which I saw Van Gundy was a rumor. But, shoot, he's been in the booth for the past five years. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for them to do this, I think they've got to have someone in mind. You just don't do – you don't make a move like this just flippantly. I don't think he was the cause of the problem or the root of the problem, which we can kind of get into what you think the root of the problem is um, with the Clippers. But this is like the third or fourth – series that he's coached, including the Clippers in 2015 or 2014. They're up mm-hmm. 3-2 against the Rockets. They have a 20-30 to 30 point lead going the fourth quarter, game six. Blow that. I mean, he's done with big egos. He has not coached well. He's not done well uh, with, you know, the CP3 and Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. They never got to title game and they really they had the, the Western Conference Finals. They never even got to the Western Conference yeah, Finals. Yeah, exactly, Kyle. And that's an, I mean, that is an issue, man. Like, you had that much talent and you don't even get to to that point. And I think he didn't do a good job of managing the personalities in the locker room. I think part of that, I think they lacked leadership because 100%. Kawhi, I saw a thing on Twitter and it's a true point. Kawhi, all he has had to do his whole career is just play basketball. Mm -hmm. Spurs, great organization, great culture. Didn't have to worry about being a leader. That that was Tim's team. That was Manu and Tony and Pop. And he just balled and played basketball. Toronto, he goes there. You've got Kyle Lowry, who's a leader on that team. You've got a good coach who's really solid, who has a command and the trust of his players. 
doesn't have to really be a leader there, other than just going on the court and balling out. And and the and another reason he didn't have to be a leader there is because expectations were low. He was not expected to do That's anything true. with that team. He was not expected to go to the title. So when when the, you're not expected to do anything, there's no pressure there. You can just go out and ball out, and whatever happens, happens. No, that's that's an absolutely great point. Absolutely great point. Then he comes to the Clippers. You got Pat Bev, who, in my opinion, all bark, no bite. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, people. I think people have this misconception that he's like this elite defender. <laughs> he just acts like he's that good, and I think people believe it. I'm not saying he's trash. I just think he's very overrated as a defender. I think. Wow. I can go on a whole rant about Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. Paul George comes in the um, comes in the fray and play. I mean, Game Seven was <laughs> a laughing stock uh, of a performance from him. Hit the dang side of the backboard. You know, I hadn't seen a choke like that since LeBron um, oh. in 2011 with the Mavs. Sorry, oh. I had to go there. I had well, to go you there. Had, you, had to go, you had to go back nine years. So it's I know. I did. I work. did. He hadn't had done anything since then. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, had to, I had to get it in. But, you know, you might as well call that man layoff P, getting, getting <laughs> coach fired. And uh, I just think there's a lot of issues on that team. And I think I told I, – like I told you pre-show, I felt like they might fire Doc Rivers. I don't think they're done. I think – do not be surprised if Paul George gets shipped out of there because I truly believe from reports that he was like Kawhi's third or fourth option of who he wanted to play with there. He wanted he called Jimmy KD. Butler. Yeah, he called Jimmy Butler, KD. He didn't want Paul George. And then Paul George, they lose the game, and he says – Oh yeah, it won championship <laughs> or bust this year, dude. Well, yes, what do was. you mean? Get out of here. What do you mean? <laughs> and that shows you all you need to know about like the problem with that team. They they were they epitomized the Georgia Bulldogs. They had the arrogance <laughs> of an Alabama, but had the accomplishments of Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. That was their problem, in my opinion. Well, yeah. and other stuff, but mainly that. Yeah, that was what I was going to say was my, my – let me touch on your Paul George trade rumors. There's no way they trade Paul George after they gave up Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and five five first rounds or five draft picks. There's absolutely Oof. no way you can trade Paul George after you gave up that much to get him. And plus, what That's is Paul George's value? Because he's only got, what, one year left on his deal? And he's not yep. good enough for someone like the Raptors to take a chance on him like they did with Kawhi and win a champion. He's not that good. So, I mean, no. I, don't think, I don't think his trade value is anything. Um, so I think he's staying put. But also, I, one, I, the biggest issue with the Clippers, you nailed it right on the head. They were the most entitled team ever. It's like after last year, after they took Durant, Steph, and the Warriors to six, they were like, oh, my God, we're, we're this, we're that. We took them to six. I remember them being so hyped and how they were so yeah. good. And then they get Paul George and Kawhi. And that, Did you see them take the Warriors to six? Like, well, that doesn't mean anything. They, then New Trez year. is another it's like Trez is another one of those guys, six man of the year, good for him. But what he do in the bubble? Absolutely nothing. Him I mean, and Lou Will were awful in the bubble. Yeah, Trez may not even be back. Absolutely yeah. awful. I don't think he'll be back. But I'm telling you, they they thought they they thought they could just turn it on whatever, along with every single other person in the media. When they play good for five minutes, you see the media. Oh, did you see him turn it on? Did you see him do that? Uh-huh. There's no way they're losing when you do that. Well, why can they only do it for five minutes every three games? Like, if you're going to be uh-huh. a championship team, you got to be able to play more than one quarter of great basketball to win a championship. I don't care how Very good true. you are on paper. If you just think you're going to show up and roll the balls out on the court, that's not going to happen. 
but there's my little tangent. But go like No, I totally agree. The but <laughs> they, <laughs> they're. I mean, I think they're going to have a pretty big revamp. I think every role player is available to trade. Uh, I think they're going to be a completely different looking team next year. They're going to have um, to be. <laughs> yeah, they are going to have to be because uh, you can't go all in on Kawhi and not win a championship after uh, all that you gave up for Paul George, like you uh, so eloquently stated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they're going to have to they're going to have to put up or shut up, man. Uh, next yep. year is all or nothing. But um, we ain't talking about next year. We're talking about this year. That's right, baby. So um, let's get into Lakers heat a little bit. But before we do that, you want to ask me some questions on the Lakers. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about this Lakers playoff run. Um, and Colin Coward actually said this today. And I was like, that is, I had never <laughs> even thought about that. So I kind of want to get no your opinion on that. So okay. if you take LeBron James away from this team, he, he – he, throughout this hypothetical scenario and he said and he compared the Lakers team without LeBron to the 2018 New Orleans Pelicans when they had AD when they had Boogie before he got hurt right at the all-star break they had Rondo and they had Drew Holiday and that team um even though Boogie only played half the year that was a that was they ended up getting to the sixth seed they swept the Blazers in the first round and that, that was also where Rajon Rondo was turned into playoff Rondo they lost to the Warriors in five. So my question to you is, is that 2018 Pelicans team better than this Lakers team without LeBron? That's a – wow. Cowherd Man, st- coming up yeah. with stuff. So basically really good. While you're, while you're thinking about it, it's like – Yeah. So if we're saying that this team, this Lakers team, without LeBron is the equivalent of a six seed lose to five to the Warriors, which no disrespect there. Uh, it's just a fringe no. playoff team in the West, you know, went, a, went around and get out. Like that just kind of – and with, so you're telling me you add a 17th year LeBron and you just blitz through the Western Conference like that? Like is that really what just happened? Yeah, I mean, I dude, I don't know if I have an answer to your question. I think I would rather take that Pelicans team. To I'm be saying. honest, because um, I think I'm, I do too. I mean, we're Drew gonna Holiday get was great. Yeah, Drew Holiday was a borderline all star that year. Rondo was fantastic. AD was AD. Obviously, AD's a little better now, and he can even be better with a guy like LeBron playing with him. Uh, they mm-hmm. had guys like Etwan Moore who could defend. I mean, they. I'm not trying to say this Pelicans team was great, but they're not. I mean, they're right there with the Lakers minus LeBron. I mean, so. I don't know, man. That was a very interesting point that he brought up, and I was like, man, LeBron really does add that much value to a team. Uh, but yeah, that, he definitely that, does. Um, but that kind of also, I want to transition into this, because I heard someone talking about this the other day. It's like, is AD better than LeBron? It was Chris Webber during the game, because AD went on like an 8-0 run, and he was saying something <laughs> about Anthony Davis being better than LeBron. And I've kind of thought about it, and I'll give my opinion first. I think okay. at at this stage, Anthony Davis may be more dominant just based off of the fact that he can get on the block and there's nobody on the planet that can stop him from either getting yeah. to the free throw line or especially when that little jumper's falling, that little mid range jumper, when he got that falling for him. I mean, you just you just can't stop him. So I think that he might be more dominant, but there's no way in the world that he's he's better. Than, he, there's no way you take LeBron. Like if you take AD off this team going into the finals, I'm still. Lakers all day over the heat. If you take LeBron off, it's a whole nother it's a whole nother ball game. 
AD is amazing, and I think he's has a chance to win MVP next year. But he's got to have LeBron, just like Jordan had to have Pippen, or Pippen had to have Jordan, Shaq had to have Kobe. A big guy is great, but he can only be next level elite if he has LeBron. And that's true. That's true. I I mean, I agree that. I mean, I really can't disagree with your statement. I think AD is like the key to them winning it all because I think he unlocks their team, being able to put him at the five. And like you said, their versatility and being able to guard folks and be able to attack other people offensively uh, based on their lineups, whether they're big or small. I think he is the key. I think he's more talented, not more talented than Braun, but I think he's more dominant. He's dominant. Yeah, he's at the peak of his powers right now. LeBron is still incredible, but I don't think LeBron is 2012 heat LeBron where he is just like the most dominant specimen you've ever seen in your life. I I don't think he's that. Now, he's still – I mean, he's still incredible, obviously, because he's um, changed his game a little bit, became um, a little stronger, a little bigger, and he uses his – body more in the post which really helps um really helps him out but i mean i agree i think if lebron if you take ad off the team lebron i don't think lebron and them beat the beat the heat with just Mm. lebron and supporting cast Mm. but i i think it's not even competitive if you take braun off the team and leave ad just with the way the team's constructed um, and um, I know you talked about I want I want to hit on something you talked about um, like their impressive Western Conference Finals run or Western Finals or Western playoff run. I think I mean definitely it's impressive. It's impressive to get the finals anytime you do it. But they really and this is a credit to them for being the number one seed. Mm-hmm. They have not played one team that has even remotely challenged them defensively. And I know you're going to say, well, no one can stop AD and Braun. I totally agree. I totally get that. Um, they're dominant players. They're cheat codes. Uh, whatever, I mean, whatever adjective or superlative you want to throw on them, they are that. But the Blazers, awful defensive team. Very true. Awful, awful, awful. And they Very were banged. I think by that point, and I'm not making excuses, but it's true, McCollum was banged up. Lillard got banged up. And I just think they were kind of worn from, like they basically played eight playoff games trying to For get sure. in the, you know, get in the playoffs. So you got them, you got the Rockets who, um, at times played pretty good defense, but the matchup with them going small, AD just dominated them, um, and Russell Westbrook played uh, terrible coming back from COVID and coming back from uh, the knee injury that he had. So you got them. The Nuggets, very impressive team. Um, I think one of the main, one of the best stories of the bubble with how they came back from three one twice. Uh, I think they're a team of the future. But defensively, they don't pose any threat to LeBron and AD. None at all. I mean, the only guy that they could throw at LeBron and AD to somewhat guard them is Jeremy Grant. And even sure. then, he did it. He, yeah, he, he worked his tail off. 
Poor guy had to guard. He he literally guarded LeBron and AD the entire series. Poor guy, and he still gave you twenty a night a couple a couple of those games. Yeah, dude's about dude's about to get dude's about to get a payday. <laughs> well, did you, he? Yeah, he opted out of Denver, which kind yeah. of surprised well, no, me. No, they're 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 saying he's going to resign in Denver. He just opted out because he gets more money that way. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. He's staying in Denver. Um, but to kind of transition to this um finals, the Heat are the first team that they played that can pose some challenges to them defensively. And <laughs> what I'm saying is they can make them work harder than they've worked in the previous three matchups. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me give a quick boomerang off of what you said. Okay. Uh, completely, I completely agree with your Portland analysis, but the fact that they were the one seed, they should get to play the worst defense. In the no, I agree. That I right. agree. You beat who's um, in front of you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but as far as the heat goes, and honestly, I agree. See, th- I'll get to that in a minute. Let me start here. So the Heat plays seven guys, right? Yeah. Three of those guys are Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. Three yeah. guys about as skinny as skinny as I am, right? So Goran, so, come the, on, Goran ain't skinny, skinny. Now Hero yeah, is he, six Robinson four, are. six five. Yeah, Duncan, Duncan's at least six six. At least he's got a little height on him. Yeah, but, but he's Bam's only and Bam's only Bam's only six nine. I agree, he is. Bam's only six nine. So this is going to be mismatch hunts all series long. Hero's going to get put in pick and roll. Dragic's going to get put in pick and roll. Um, Duncan's going to get put in pick and roll. And they're I don't understand how in the world they're going to guard. Like yeah, Jay Crowder can start on LeBron, but have you seen the Lakers offense? You know how many off balls? You know how many screens they run? There's mm-hmm. no way they're going to be able to fight through all that. They're going to mismatch Hunt. They're going to get Goran Dragic or Tyler Hero in a pick and roll with AD and Bam. And there is absolutely no way they can stop. The only chance they have is if the Lakers role player shoots 15% from the three point line, which can happen. Uh, it can, but <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't I don't think it will. I think that's the only reason that I think the Heat stand no chance. Uh, so they you, have, they just ahead. can't. It's going to be mismatch hunt all game, every game, all series, and there's no threat defense. Like even Jay Crowder, like yeah, he's a he he can. That's a body you can throw at LeBron, but and Bam's only six nine. He can definitely check AD a lot better than Daniel Tice could. But uh, this I just don't see it. I don't see how in the world they're going to guard the Lakers. And I, I mean, I agree with you that they're not going to be able to guard their two best players. At least not um, consistently and like shut them down. No one in the no one in the league has that personnel. Yeah. I mean, if if they do, I don't know about them, or I'm too ignorant to know about them. But one thing they did against Boston that was really effective is they ran that zone defense. And granted, I know LeBron is um, you know he's a top three player ever in my opinion, and he know he'll he'll figure it out. But that is one way that they can play Hero and Robinson on the floor. It's like when you play that zone, it's not just them switching everything where, like, LeBron um, and AD can just hunt those guys. And they and they play that zone really, really well, and they're very connected. And I'm not going saying they're going to play it the whole game, but I think they can play it enough to kind of disrupt the Lakers and throw them off their game. And another thing that I think is really interesting um, – I mean, you know, kind of going into the finals, you're like, Heat Lakers, heck, you know, doesn't do it for me. But do you think yeah. LeBron played with the Heat back from like mm-hmm. 2010 to 2014, 
Mm-hmm. Eric Spolstra knows LeBron. He does. Eric Spolstra knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses, and I think he was one of the main reasons they beat Boston because I do think he outcoached Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. I'll be very interested to see kind of what he comes up with to stymie LeBron and AD. And what I mean by what I mean by that is just slow them down enough, or maybe he goes with the thing of they can get theirs, but their role players were not letting any of them get hot. Um, I mean, I'm glad I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to try to figure out what they're going to do with them. <laughs> um, but you know, they can th- you know talk about Drake Jay Crowder. They can throw him at um, Braun. They can throw Iggy at Braun. They can throw oh, Bam. Don't give me Iggy. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying Iggy shuts him down. I'm just saying he makes him work. Um, Jimmy, you can throw Jimmy at LeBron. You can throw Bam at LeBron if he gets switched on to him at some points. Bam's a really good defender. So I I'll think I think you're selling them a little bit short is what I'm what I'm saying. Um, and I might be. I might be, but I just – I don't see any way – I just don't see it. I mean, I think Bam – Bam can switch screens onto LeBron somewhat because he's long, quick, athletic. Now LeBron can bully him because he's he's skinny too. But LeBron he's two fifty five. Yes, yeah, he's six nine though. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see any way that the Heat can guard the Lakers. And like that's why I thought the Celtics had a better chance because they had more star power who could go out and get you. They had four guys that could go get you twenty, and that's what you were going to need to beat this team. But the, I think the Heat can do that too. It's just in a more unconventional manner because you never know from – I mean, look at this past series, okay? You've got Goran Dragic goes off one game. Then game four, Tyler Hero goes for 37 points. Yep. It's unconscious, hitting threes, going to the line, um, getting to the basket. And then you've got game six where Bam goes for like 30, looking mm-hmm. – I mean, just – like handling the ball, going to the basket, um, turning around, making a mid-range jumper, just doing you know, different people stepping up each night. And I felt like any time that the Celtics kind of got close, the Heat knew how to close a game, which the Lakers do too. I know they're 54-0 entering the fourth quarter with a lead yep. or whatever. I just think they're going to post some real – um, problems for the Lakers. I really do believe that with their defense um, because one through two, LeBron and AD are the best players in the league. Three through six, is there anybody on the Lakers that you would take over Jimmy, Bam, Tyler Hero, or Goran Dragic? Absolutely not. Maybe Rondo over Dragic. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, no. Maybe, uh-uh. maybe. 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 Okay. Just, I mean, Rondo doesn't – Rondo's not going to have the ball. I mean, Dragic's going to have way better numbers just because he plays a lot more. He's got the ball in his hands more. Rondo isn't in as big of a role as Dragic. So, Dragic's going to have the numbers. But maybe I, – I mean, like, I, I'm not sold on it. But I'm probably taking Dragic just because he's the better shooter, even though Rondo has been shooting it halfway decent in the playoffs. Yes, yeah. Um, but, I mean, probably not. But you're exactly right. Like, But I've always said, I've always believed you're going to win based off of star, star power. power. 95% of the time. And that's fair. Um, but I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting series. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. I mean, um, it's going to be a good time. Um, yeah, I'm excited here, to watch it. But eh, you know, I mean, yeah, you're not going to be excited when LeBron wins in five. I get it. But <laughs> what were you going to ask here, me? Here's the here's the thing. Like, 
it, say, Le, say LeBron does win in five. He wins every series in five. It's kind of like it just doesn't feel like LeBron virtuoso did this, did that, absolutely dominated. And no. here, here is why I just absolutely hate the three and six argument. I'm not trying to get in LeBron versus MJ. I'm not trying to do that. But this is one point that I just really want to make. Three and six argument is absolutely horrible because this fourth ring that he's about to get, yes, it's impressive. Yes, he blitzed the Western Conference. Yes, he is actually having a better playoffs than some may think. He's having his third best field goal percentage ever, second most rebounds per game ever, second most assists per game ever in the playoffs on the fewest minutes he's ever played throughout the playoffs. So he's absolutely dominated these playoffs, a little quieter than usual. But what he did in 06 and 18 dragging those teams to the finals was 25 times more impressive than this championship he's about to get. And he gets killed for those two losses, and he's going to get praised for this win when those two losses were way more impressive than this win is, in my opinion. I'd agree. I would agree with that. Um, Anybody with any logic or sense would not criticize him for either of those. like the Skip Baylesses of the world and other people that just <laughs> are irrational. The Paul, the Paul Pierce's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, 2007, I mean, me and you could have been playing out there for him was about the equivalent of who he had on that team, um, which, I mean, I'm being a little I'm being a little harsh. I think they had some decent role players, but. That team could defend. That, that's they, why, that's ultimately why they got there. They could defend. They could. Um, I mean, and, LeBron was a 22-year-old kid who they just gave the ball and said, put your head down, get to the hole, get fouled, and absolutely dominate, and that's what he did. And then he ran into the San Antonio Spurs and said, absolutely no chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the same thing with 2018. Um, yeah. I think it was an impressive run, but I don't think he beat – there wasn't one team he beat along the way that I was just like, hmm, that's a really good team. Um, <laughs> like that Pacers yeah. team, eh. Celtics team was young and was beat up. I didn't think they were that good. Um, but, I, I mean, I – I don't think he's going to win. If he wins, if the Lakers win this one in five, I'll be very impressed and I'll be kind of shocked because as impressive as the Lakers have been, the Heat have only lost three playoff games too. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And you could you can make the argument that they played tougher competition than the Lakers have. You could. I mean, think about it. you got the you got the Pacers. Um, and Give you me got, Blazers over Pacers all day. Blazers over Pacers. Uh, okay. Uh, Bucks over the Rockets. Yeah, give me the Bucks. But also, Milwaukee has been a horrible playoff team. You you build a wall on Giannis and can't shoot, make someone else beat you, and that's why Milwaukee underachieves every single year in the playoffs. And that's fair. That's fair. But I, I will take the Bucks over Houston. I'm not going to be that ignorant. Yeah. Um, but I just think you don't get – uh, twelve and three in the playoffs by accident. I think you. I think Absolutely. they're a really good team. Um, and I mean, if you have to tell me, if I have to pick coaches that I think can get it done, I think Spolster is a top, top oh, three yeah. coach in the NBA. <clears throat> and I mean, I would not. I mean, I don't think. I think Vogel's done a good job, especially mm-hmm. uh, moving to start uh, Dwight. I think that was a big, um, yeah, a big move for him. But I think Spolstra, um I mean, I would take Spolstra over Vogel. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, let's just be real. It doesn't really matter who the coach is on a LeBron James-led team because Frank Vogel is the fifth coach LeBron's taken to the finals. So, I mean, that's if, he can get David, if he can get David Blatt to the finals, I don't think it matters who the coach is. <laughs> if you had given David Blatt one more year, he was on the great teams. <laughs> <laughs> Bless but him. One, one last thing I want to say kind of about pushing forward 
for the Lakers, assuming they do win this one. One thing I've noticed about LeBron, like if you, especially in 2018, LeBron was the system. He kind of had to be. Um, It was give him the ball and get out of the way, and I'm going to take off on defense so I can rest and give you everything I got on offense. Um, If you kind of look at what LeBron's done, especially in the bubble and these playoffs, instead of being the system, he has – played within the system because mm-hmm. he understands that his time as best player on the planet is almost over. Yeah. Um, some can make the argument it is. And he knows that for the next three to four years, he's not going to win a championship of him. ISO ball, get out the way. Let me do my thing. And he's smart enough to understand that I have to feed Anthony Davis. And in a couple years, Anthony Davis is going to have to be the best player on this team if we still want to compete for championships. Um, and I think he has understood that. And I think he's done a fantastic job at developing into the best point guard in the league. And giving the Lakers, obviously, a championship this year, but more opportunities for championships to come. If they can just get one more piece, one more piece. Give me Oladipo, baby. <laughs> Oladipo, if you're listening, which you probably not, <laughs> don't you dare go to the Lakers. Oh, my gosh. I won't be, I won't be able to stand it. I, can't, I wouldn't be able to watch the NBA if that happened. Um, oh, get out of here. You nah, watch Durant. Get out of here. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just picking. Um, but I said th- – before we go, uh, give me your final uh, pr- finals prediction. Lakers in five. If the heater, the heat, the heat might win game one. I will say that LeBron's one and eight in game, game one in the finals. Yeah. Uh, not only that, if you just look at LeBron's game one track record over his entire career, he treats game one as a fill-out game. I don't think he'll do it in the finals. Um, but no. Heat have Heat have. If the Heat want this series to be competitive, they absolutely have to win game one. In my opinion. Um, but I think Lakers in five, regardless of Heat win game one or not. Um, I think it could be a sweep, honestly, but I'll give the Heat one game. Man, I can't wait for that, Jackson, when they get that one game at least. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, I – What do you think? What do you think? You know what? I'm going to dang do it. Give me the <laughs> Heat in seven, baby. Give them to me in seven. I've liked, mm. I like. I really like this team. I think they've got championship mentality. I think they got championship heart. I think they play really good defense. I think any guy on any given night can come and get pop off for twenty. Um, I think their shooting is um, going to be a factor, which we didn't really talk about. Uh, they didn't shoot particularly well against Boston, um, yeah. except for like a few stretches. If um, if they shoot next to their normal and Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, letting that Three fly. I'm telling you, watch out. Give me the heat and seven, baby. (laughs) Give me the heat and seven. One thing you said was that any player might can on any given night. There's a lot of there's a lot of innies there. It is without a shadow. You know, without a shadow of a doubt, what LeBron and AD are going to give you every night. You know what's coming there. So there's, I mean, if you know what they're giving, and you might get Duncan Robinson, might go five for ten from the three point line, might go two for 11 the next night. I don't think he'll shoot that many threes, but in one game. And the Lakers yeah. have done a good job of running people off the three-point line. They really have. Jamal Murray was absolutely outstanding. But if you – I mean, Lakers did a fairly decent job of containing – even though you couldn't at times because he was just absolutely unconscious. Con- yeah. But even with, hard, even with Harden, like, and even with Damian Lillard, like, yeah, they had their moments, but that's because they're great players. I mean, you're just not going to stop great players 100% of the time. But I think the Lakers did a fairly good job of running them off the three-point line, and especially with a guy like Duncan Robinson, who's not really going to be able to create off the dribble as much. You can really emphasize on running him off the three-point line. Um, so I do think the Lakers' defense will be 
very ready for to run them. I think they'll run them off the three point line, and I just don't see. I just don't see enough offense for the Heat. But I appreciate your bold prediction and make it interesting. But <laughs> yeah, hey, well, I, I need to be a little different, and it was just more fun that way. So absolutely, I went with it. I'm here for it. I went with it. I like it. it. But uh, Kyle, is there anything else you got on your mind you want to talk about? Or I think we pretty much um, exacerbated everything about the, uh, yeah. the final series. Yeah, we didn't really we didn't really talk about Giannis, but he did. He's not really worthy of talking about at the moment. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! Take it easy on the Greek freak. Take it easy. That, I think we did a pretty good job summarizing the bubble, talking about the finals, talking about the Lakers, the Heat. I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it too, Kyle. I enjoyed it too. And uh, guys, we plan, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, do a couple uh, game recaps throughout the finals and. Uh, kind of give our thoughts as the series progresses. And um, please stay tuned to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network feed. And, Kyle, it was a pleasure. I appreciate you joining me tonight, brother. It was a good time. We'll do it again.